It is Friday, January 26th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Championship Sunday is upon us. And new coaches in the NFL. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Falcons and the Panthers have their coaches. And Debo Samuel back at 49ers practice. AJ, the Vegas lead is championship Sunday. With all due respect to the new coaches in the NFL or new old coaches, if you will. Raheem Morris back in Atlanta. Uh, Dave Canales in Carolina. We'll talk about those hires in a couple of minutes. But championship Sunday is pretty much here, right? As we record this Friday morning. And the big news yesterday for the 49ers Debo Samuel back at practice, running routes, catching passes from Brock Purdy, and the market reacting as the 49ers ticked up to seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, not surprised by this. I I was convinced that he was going to play, uh, and I was convinced that the line would move. And I I think that this this shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Like He's he's looked at as a very valuable guy. Uh, And I don't know if this is the end of the movement. I don't know if it just stops at seven and a half, but I I certainly think there's going to be way more pro Niner sentiment now because the one concern with these Niners was, is everybody going to play? And if everybody's not going to play, well, how do we know that this, I mean, you've heard all the stats when Debo's out there, when he's not, I mean, it's night and day. So it makes sense that there's been hesitancy to buy into the 49ers, but honestly, this side of seven, feels more like the right line to me like seven felt like it was Mm -hmm. like it was uh it it felt very comfortable for the 49ers knowing Debo was going to play uh but obviously there there was no way to be sure about that now I I don't know that we're sure about it now does he does him practicing mean he's going to play Mark Andrews practiced last week he didn't play yeah I assume he's going to play though like Debo seems like the kind of guy who wants to get out there and, and give it his all well, the stats are uh, 49ers 12 and one straight up 10 and three ATS when Debo starts and finishes the game. That's important and finishes the game. They're one and four straight up 0 and five ATS when he does not finish the game. Now, I haven't seen any Debo props up on uh, DraftKings just yet. I know that there are some Debo props available on other sports books. I, I don't know. Like if those numbers are even good to bet, because my initial thought is to take any under on Debo Samuel because one hit and he's out of the game. Yeah. yeah. And it could just be he's there as a decoy. And I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not playing over anything on Debo, but I certainly think that there's going to be people who say, oh, he's in. We're going to bet him. And uh, I, I think it's one of those things where you want to wait until as late in the game as possible. I, I talked about this with Travis Kelsey yesterday. I, I want to bet Travis Kelsey's under. I'm going to wait until game day because I think everything between now and, and Sunday is going to be love for the big star players. That's what happens in these public games. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of love for Debo Samuel, especially once the props are, well, he's in. We got we to gotta think that he's going to be a big fan. I mean, he's a half point to the spread. He's an important yeah. player. People are looking for that, and they feel good about it. That's what they're going to go with. 
I think I think you're on the right side of it. Wait till those those props get pushed up some and then swing back on the unders. Yeah, and there's nothing really widely available here at all for Debo Samuel. I mean, anytime touchdown is up, but I'm not going to you're not touching that. Um what I am curious it, about. You know what's not up? You know why it's anytime touchdown is up? Cuz there's nothing with a no. Exactly. Like you you want to wait for two-way markets because mm-hmm. those those are sucker markets. It, like you want a yes, no, over, under, because that that's the once those are up, that means the the books are serious about who's got a chance to play and and et cetera. Right now, they're still hedging by not putting any uh, any totals up. Now, this is what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for an official announcement of Debo playing, and and we might not get that until Sunday. But once that happens, I'm waiting for the Brandon Ayuk prop to go back down to normal range. Right now, he is still listed at 80 and a half receiving yards. And I understand why it's at 80 and a half receiving yards. In the three games this season without Debo Samuel, and that includes the Cleveland game that he left early, he's averaging 80 and a half receiving yards per game. Now, we know the Lions have been torched defensively over the past five weeks, and the number one wide receiver in those games has completely gone off. Mike Evans, 147 yards and a touchdown last week. Puka had 181 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 192 and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, 227 and a score. And Justin Jefferson before that, 141 and a score. So all of them have gone over 100 yards. All of them have scored a touchdown. And I love Brandon Ayuk to have similar stats because if you just look at Ayuk's home games this year, He's played seven home games, and he's gone over 100 receiving yards in five of those seven home games. The only two games that he did not go over 100 receiving yards was the game against the Cowboys where they blew him out. What was it, 42 to 10? So no real reason to uh, throw the football a lot in that game. And the last game of the season, which was Sam Darnold at quarterback and no one else playing for the San Francisco 49ers. So all other games at home at Levi Stadium, he's had over 100 receiving yards. Yeah, my only concern with any any kind of uh, over on receiving props for the 49ers is Purdy last week probably made Mike or Kyle Shanahan feel a little tight. Probably made him feel like man, all maybe the more reason could... to open it up. I mean, hasn't Purdy responded to the critics every time? And so now people are talking smack about him yeah. and watch him throw for 300 yards this week. Like he were, very well could. There was a time when Brock Purdy was the MVP of the NFL. I'm telling. I agree. I mean, six weeks now, he's like apparently the second best quarterback in this game. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, six weeks ago, he was the he was the leader to be the MVP in the league. So it's pretty wild that we've gotten here. Uh, but I I mean, listen, we all saw that game. That was one of the worst Brock Purdy games we've seen. Mm-hmm. And if there was ever going to be like, okay, let's count, let's, let's ride what's gotten us there. Let's, let's, let's ride uh, Christian McCaffrey. Let's play it safe. Let's make sure we're in the game and we'll, we'll have two weeks to get Purdy right. I think this would be the time, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe that's what the Lions are expecting too. So uh, it's it's certainly going to be an interest. The game plan is going to be interesting. Yeah. The market has certainly uh, been backing Brock Purdy to have a bounce back performance because his prop was at 270 around there, 270 and a half. It's all the way up now to 279 and a half passing yards. And I understand why six straight quarterbacks have gone over their passing yardage prop 
against the Lions defense. I mean, I talked about those number one wide receivers and what they did in those last five games, but all those quarterbacks have thrown for over 300 yards. Baker Mayfield last week, Stafford before that, Nick Mullins twice, Dak Prescott. They've all gone over 300 passing yards. They've all exceeded their passing total prop. So that could be, I mean, a lot of people are hammering this Brock Purdy prop to see it go all the way up to 279 and a half. Yep. And I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Kyle does open it up. It just feels like, man, it felt like the 49ers, I don't want to say they got away with one last week, but it kind of felt that way, right? Like it felt like they they won despite Brock Purdy's performance. Yeah, and, well, maybe that's what needs to happen. Sometimes you get away with a lucky one, and then then this is the one where they actually show up and and play like the 49ers and score the 31 points that they do all the time at home and 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 blow uh, the the lions out. I mean, that could be literally what we see on Sunday. Um the other injury news is I guess less I don't want to say less important because the guy's not practicing but no one is saying that he's not going to play and that's Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs did not practice once again, but Pacheco said he's he's playing. Andy Reid's like, he's playing, so I guess they're just holding him out of practice this week to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself even further with the toe injury. But Pacheco's props, they're at 63.5 rushing yards. And over the past two weeks, I guess you can just say in the playoffs, Pacheco's been one of the most, if not the most important Kansas City Chief. I I said this on the Dream Pod, and I kind of got poo-pooed on it. I don't know if it was you or who it was, but I, I still stand by this. I one of my, my my best bet on the dream pod was Ravens in the first half. I think the Ravens jump out early. I think we have to see a push from Kansas City to get back in this game. And if the Ravens jump out to an early lead, I think you're going to see the traditional run game kind of go out the window for them. And that means knowing that and knowing that you know Pacheco's banged up, I want to play unders on Pacheco. I get how important he's been. I think this if the if the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, it has to be on on the back of Patrick Mahomes. And that means that there's going to be a lot more throwing or the, if the running game is, is a big part, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes running the football. Mm. Uh, Pacheco last week in the playoffs against Buffalo, 97 yards the week before that wild card game against Miami, 89 yards and uh, ended the regular season. His final game against Cincinnati with 130 yards, uh, he's a little bit different defense season. on the other side this time. <laughs> yes. A uh, little bit different there with the Baltimore Ravens run defense. You're right. Um, Patrick Mahomes is interesting. Because we know that in big spots, especially against a pass rush, he'll take off and run, right? Like, the, the, and, and, but recently we haven't seen it like a lot. He had 19 yards against Buffalo, and you would think that that would be the game where he would run for, you know, 30 somewhat yards. Now, I know he took some knees, which decreases from the total there, uh, but he did have two carries for 41 yards against Miami. Now, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be winning at the end of the game, and I don't know if Mahomes is going to be kneeling the football down. And as a four-point dog, I don't think you have to worry about that, or I don't think, like, that's something. Like, when the Chiefs are, are favorites, it's hard to play an over on his rushing prop because, you know, he can lose two yards a time if he kneels it down a couple of times. But in this game, his prop's at 26-and-a-half rushing yards, and I, I think that he does take off and run. I think that he does, you know, scamper on a third down to extend the drive. 
I, I generally think the same thing. And I, I think especially if they're down in the in the second half, like you're yeah. going to see it's going to be it's going to be scrambled. It's not designed like you see the bills when the bill and obviously these Ravens, you see a lot of designed runs mm-hmm. like you see, like Josh Allen will do a fake pitch left and then run right like that. That's it's a staple of the playbook. The Chiefs don't really have those plays when when Patrick Mahomes runs. It's because either something's broken down or he just sees a hole and, and hits it. Uh, so it's a lot different. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to count on those yards every single game. But I do think when, like you said, when the lights are brightest, when the, when the key moments are there, he's going to take those chances more often than not, because I, I hate to put it this way and make it sound like, like this is Patrick Mahomes talking, but I mean, how many of his teammates does he really have full faith in? Uh, well, I think guess, about how many times I, I Rushy Rice has kind of emerged as as the guy for him right I, now. I get it, and I and he is the guy for him. He, he and Travis Kelsey certainly have been the the most consistent. But like we we've talked about this, who's more equipped to to take Travis Kelsey out of the game than the Ravens? They've they've got one of the best cover cover safeties in the league. They've got a great cover linebacker. Uh, Marlon Humphrey's going to be back to to tr- probably shadow Rushy Rice. So that means it's either Patrick Mahomes has to. Trust Nicole Hardman, trust Kadarius Tony, or trust himself. And chances are good that in those situations, Patrick Mahomes is more likely to trust himself and say, you know what, if I got to get this first down, I'm I'm gonna go get it. Uh, because I I I don't I can't count on those other guys. And he's right to think that because we've seen we've seen it come to fruition. This is what he's this is what's happened all season long. His teammates have let him down in, in key moments. So uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think that that leads to uh, that leads to Patrick Mahomes taking off a couple times, particularly if it's a tight game, and even more so if the if the Ravens are up. So you mentioned the defense being able to contain Travis Kelsey. You mentioned Marlon Humphrey being there to cover Rasheed Rice. Do, do you have any interest in uh, Justin Watson or a Marquez Valdez Scantling over no 14, over fourteen and a half receiving yards? No, that's, because that's one, I, catch. I, that's one catch. I get it. It is one catch. But with the Raven or with the uh, with the Chiefs, you never know which one of those guys is going to be the the guy of the week. It's almost like Bill Belichick with uh, with running backs back in the day. It was like if you thought it was going to be this running back, like you might bet an over on a running back who had a big game last week mm-hmm. and he might literally never see the field w- with the Chiefs. You know, Rashi Rice is going to be on the field. You know, Travis Kelsey is going to be on the field. Everything else is kind of up for grabs like it it differs week to week you know uh if if i were looking at saying okay who who else do i feel like is is guaranteed to be on the field at points during this game it's probably noah gray which isn't like a sexy name and i don't know what his props are at but i i do think they're going to run a lot of two tight ends uh, we know the we know how good the Ravens pass rush is, so I think they're going to want to have extra blockers in. And Travis Kelsey, like they can't afford to keep Travis Kelsey in all the time because somebody's got to go catch the ball. So I, I would assume we're going to see Noah Gray on the field more often than than maybe typical. And uh, so if if I could look if I were looking at any props for anybody on on the Chiefs offense to to have some extra work, it'd probably be Noah Gray. Question: If you bet a longest reception prop. But mm-hmm. the guy doesn't have a catch. Is it void or is it action? Is it a loss? I think it's a loss. Because uh, they I, play I think it, it, as long as they play in plays, the game, right? Yeah. If he plays, I, I think it's a loss. So as long as they play in the game. Because a lot of them just say player must play for action. So 
it doesn't say must have a catch for action. Yeah. So I was thinking like, oh man, like you can do like an MVS longest catch over 10 and a half, 11 and a half yards. Um, and, and then, yeah, it just says player must play. It doesn't say anything about if they don't have any catches. Have we seen anything about Kadarius Tony at practice? Mm, I mean, he was out last week and I don't think they missed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, let's see. Uh, they downgraded him to a limited participant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the defensive guys for Kansas City? What about Willie Gay, Legereus Sneed, Mike Edwards? Do we, do we expect those guys to play? Uh, I don't know about Willie Gay. Um, you know, he uh, was limited in practice. Um, Legereus Sneed was limited in practice as well. Um, no update on their playing status, just that they, you know, had six guys that didn't practice, 16 other guys that were on their injury report. And, you know, those those key defensive players, Snead and Gay, were they were limited participants. I think in both these games, you're going to see this goes for Detroit and Kansas City, both got both teams who are likely going to be without their best interior offensive linemen. Uh, Ragnow for for the Lions, Tooney for the for the uh, the Chiefs. I, I and I think maybe even more so for Ragnow now that I think about it, but like the pressure that's going to come up the middle is going to cause some real problems for these quarterbacks because it's something they're not used to having. Well, that's and another reason you know to like Ma- it's another reason to like Mahomes rushing yards. I, I agree. If there's now, pressure that, up the that, middle, he runs outside. That's something I was just thinking of. Yeah. So I I do I do like that Mahomes prop. All right. I guess that's our best prop is Patrick Mahomes and you know what? over the rushing yards. I, I I don't know what what props are available as far as like um over under team sacks. <laughs> But I, like thinking about Ragnow being out and and the idea that uh, it, you're going to see pressure up the middle from these 49ers, I, I, Jerry Goff's going to get sacked multiple times in this game. So that, that's another thing maybe to take a look at in the prop market. All right, so uh, make let's make it official. And these don't necessarily have to be official picks. They could be official leans, but we'll do side and total for both games. So I'll start Chiefs plus four, total 44 and a half. I will go Chiefs and the over. Okay. I'll go Ravens and the under. Okay. Now, which is crazy because I actually like the under in the second half, but I like the over in the first half. So I do think that there's going to be scoring in the first half of this game, and then it'll slow down. And I think we could see a a similar type of game that we saw maybe last week from the, the Bills and the Chiefs. And if we get a 24-21 finish, which is exactly what I think is going to happen, that's, yep. o- that's over the 44 and a half, finishing at 45, which is why I am picking over 44 and a half, because I do think it's a 24-21 final. Yeah, I've been waiting all week, hoping that the, we we would see a 45. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to get there, but I, if there is a 45, that's going to be an official play for me as the under. All right. What's your thoughts on uh, the Lions 49ers? Total is seven, uh, seven and a half 49ers is the spread total 51 and a half. Yeah, I I like the under. Um, I think both these teams run the ball more than anybody expects. Uh, You know, we talked about on the dream pod how poor of a tackling team Detroit is. Mm -hmm. I mean, Detroit's their bottom five and missed tackles, which is a nightmare against Christian McCaffrey. I think you're going to see the the 49ers look to take advantage of that. Uh, And I think Detroit has to run to stay in this game. You know, the the 49ers defensively are elite against the pass. And I I just think that Detroit is going to have to stay balanced. And 
when you consider that the 49ers are the slowest team in the league in in plays per you know uh, seconds per play uh, I think the clock just there. It does a lot of ticking, and uh, I think this game goes under. I, I think the 49ers kind of name their number. I, I think this is probably a a, ten, a double digit win for San Francisco. I lean that same way. 49ers end the under because I think the 49ers score and the Lions don't. So uh, I think this can wind up being like a I don't know 30 to 14 type game, and so it goes under the 51, and 49ers win comfortably. All right, let's talk coaching news around the league. We had uh, two coaches hired yesterday or announced hiring yesterday. The Falcons uh, bringing in Raheem Morris. It's funny, a guy I mentioned as a possible D.C. yesterday. Raheem Morris, uh, the head coach, new head coach now in Atlanta. He was their interim head coach, you know, I guess before Arthur Smith, right? So he was their interim head coach. They bring him back now as the head coach passing on Bill Belichick. So uh, we'll talk about Belichick in just a moment, but your thoughts on the Raheem Morris hire? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a it, Raheem Morris is one of those guys who I think is a really good defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the Raheem Morris as a head coach thing, and it was an abject failure. Uh, Raheem Morris was a bad head coach. He, he lasted three seasons in Tampa, won 17 games in three seasons. Um, it, it's he's he, he was disappointing. That said, maybe, maybe he's grown. Generally, I think when guys have a a, a first shot and it, it goes that poorly, it, it usually doesn't get better the second time around. But uh, but he's been such a good coordinator of the last several years, and, and I think being around that that Rams organization is probably a great thing for him. Um, he, he's you know I, I'm I'm saying he he's not I'm not saying he's not deserving. I'm just saying I'm I'm hesitant to buy into guys who have had a shot and and failed that miserably. Well, I'm just interested to see. I'm interested to see who he brings in as an offensive coordinator because, you know, part of the Falcons' problems was just completely misusing their talent on offense. They yeah. invested so much early draft stock over the past several years in yeah. their offense, and it's been completely misused by an offensive coach in Arthur Smith. So, uh, congratulations to Raheem Morris, and now we wait to see who he hires on his staff. Uh, elsewhere, the Panthers hiring Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their new head coach. This one, um, pretty intriguing. Uh, I, I admit I, I wasn't really expecting this to be the decision here. Yeah. This one kind of came out of left field. Um, you know, I, 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 this, he was in Seattle for a long time, uh, under, under Pete Carroll. I think he worked with Pete Carroll at USC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he, so he's, he's a, a Carroll guy, uh, and it, there's no doubt he did a good job as the OC in Tampa this season, but it's the only season in his life where he's been a, a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a very limited sample of what this guy's been able to do. That said, we saw the same thing with D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans didn't have a long track record of being of a, a, a coordinator, and he worked out. Uh, Mike Vrabel had one year of being – he he was the defensive coordinator for the worst defense in the league the one year he was a coordinator and he's a good head coach so i'm not saying it's impossible it's just a bit of a surprise hire in my opinion uh it feels like if i didn't know better i would say it's like a a penny pinching move because i can't imagine that canalis is getting like a, a a huge payday um but we we know that david tepper the the richest owner in the nfl uh, or one of the richest owners in the NFL it was probably not that worried about that. You know, he won he wants to win. So this dude must've been a really good interview and, and must, must've given them some confidence that he can be the guy. 
Well, could be a little bit. 42 years old. Yeah, could, could be a little bit of buddy ball as well, though. The new general manager, Dan Morgan, uh, worked with Canales uh, on Pete Carroll's staff for about eight years. So yep. uh, could be a little bit of buddy ball there. But, hey, we'll see uh, how he develops Bryce Young. That is certainly the top priority there for the Panthers. So two head coaching openings remain, uh, Seattle and Washington. And there's two really good head coaches out there, Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, listen, there's guys that we thought would maybe get looks that, that aren't like, it seems like Bobby Slowick, the Texans OC is now going to be off the table for anybody. Um, you know, I, I've talked a lot about Brian Flores deserving a, another shot at being a head coach, but you're right. Like the, when you're playing musical chairs and, and Pete Carroll, if Pete Carroll still wants to coach that, that there's only one spot for him. Yeah. They, we're, we're running out of chairs and two of the names that we would have thought would have been at the top of everybody's list aren't. The Belichick one I can understand to an extent because Bill Belichick, it, it's a, it's got to be a certain situation for him. And it sounds like Seattle won't work because John Schneider said, hey, whoever the next coach is is going to report to the GM because Pete Carroll didn't. Pete Carroll reported only to the owner. And ba- mm. Pete, Pete Carroll basically had final say on roster. And so Bill Belichick isn't going to fit that mold. So that leaves Bill Belichick, no, and Washington. I, and is- and I, ex- I expect it to be Dan Quinn anyway. I think they're going to name him the head coach probably probably later today. Maybe so. And and that means that, that either Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel isn't going to be a head coach in the NFL next year, if not both. Yeah. Uh, and that's surprising, um, especially if they want to be. You know, Vrabel's the most surprising. He's still a young guy. He's regarded everywhere as, as an excellent head coach, an excellent leader. That That's a real surprise that he's not on anybody's radar or hasn't been hired. Um, I know a lot of people thought that he was going to, get the Patriots job and the Patriots stuck to their plan, which was Gerard Mayo. And, uh, but I would assume that everybody at that point was doubling down and and going harder after Mike Vrabel, but we've seen guys. I mean, Raheem Morris has been a, a, like I said, a failed head coach Mm -hmm. and the Falcons chose him over Mike Vrabel, who who has generally been a success as a head coach uh, in Tennessee. So it's, um, it's surprising that both those names are still available and, and, I would. I mean, I think it's almost a lock that at least one of them isn't coaching in the NFL next year. If Belichick does not get a job, and and he's sitting here next week, Washington filled their job, Seattle filled their job. Do you think there's an organization out there that pulls a surprise move and fires their coach that was previously thought to be safe, and then brings in Bill Belichick? <sighs> um. Man, like maybe I, they, I don't like, know. Like maybe they thought they had no chance at Belichick because Belichick was interviewing with Atlanta and he was talking with this team, and then you know he never called them or his agents or reps never called them because they currently have a head coach, and then all of a sudden you know an ambitious owner or GM is like, wait a minute, let me call Bill Belichick and see if he's interested in coaching our team. If I were to say, like, give me a list of coaches that I could see being surprisingly fired. Like, okay, ready? The, let's go down. Let's go. Let's go down the list. Number one. Right, well, let me give you. Num- my, I, I, okay, I, I've got you two names get, off the top okay. of my head. All right, I bet you we have the same name. Go ahead, Robert Sala. That's my first name, Robert Sala. Yeah, I, I think he's a name, and I think Matt Eberflus is a name with the Bears. Yeah. Um I think those those are the two guys who were kind of hot seated, and they they didn't have their chair get pulled. You know what? I should name one more guy, Nick Sirianni. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility that the Eagles say, you know what, 
I, I know we we fired your whole staff, but you know yeah. what? We 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 got a chance, so we're gonna make one more move. Uh, but I think that's about the that's. Oh no, I I shouldn't say that. There's one more. It, I I still can't believe that New Orleans has not made yeah. a change yet. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I, New Orleans is the kind of place where I could see Bill Belichick going. Not really. No. Um, I mean, what if? Now I know Adam Schefter brought this up on ESPN yesterday. I didn't even think about it twice. But what if, like Andy Reid retires, Belichick coach Kansas City? I mean, I'm sure he would. I, 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 like, what if, like, what if, I, what, what if Belichick? This, I mean, what if uh, Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl this year and decides to walk off into the sunset and call it a career? Because, like, boy, do they just say, "All right, well, we're just going to hire Bill Belichick"? And you know Belichick's why he would? Like, I got Patrick Mahomes. Why not? You know why he would? Brady went and won one without him. This is, that would be his best. That would be his best chance to win one without Brady. And it, like, people would be able to. People would try to talk smack about it, but it'd be like, no, he went and he won. Like, you can't just say it was just Tom Brady. Yeah. Just like you can't just say it was just Bill Belichick. I, I, I think, yeah, that's something I think he'd be very interested in. Yeah, that was something that Schefter uh, floated out on ESPN yesterday. Was that you know, hey, if Andy Reid, he might, he might decide after this postseason's over to 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 hang him up. So and maybe that's what Belichick's waiting for but we will certainly see. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ. It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. NBA, uh, LeBron James made history yesterday with his 20th All-Star Games selection. Do we care about All-Star Games anymore, AJ? No. 
No, I don't. I mean, it's nice that he, I mean, he, he's, he's been incredible for a long time. I mean, I think there's, there's no, there's no, nothing you can take away from the dude. Like for him to be this good for this long is unprecedented, but all-star game appearances is like one of the last things that I care about. I feel like the, I feel like the headline would be, it would be more of a headline if he didn't make the all-star yeah. game. Yeah. Cause it's like, a popularity contest and he's still the yeah. most popular player in the league. Yeah. The headline is LeBron James makes history with 20th all-star selection. He passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most all-star games in NBA history, but it's like, that's not the story. The story would be uh, LeBron James misses out on all-star game for the first <laughs> exactly. time in 20 years. Like that's the headline. Who cares? Like that he made another all-star game. Obviously every year he's in the league, he's going to be invited to the all-star game. Um, uh, the 10 starters were announced. The game is in Indy next month. And uh, which means it's going to be high scoring, right? Cause it's in Indy. Uh, here's <laughs> total. Yeah. Here's who the uh, other starters are. We got uh, Jokic, Durant, Luka, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the Western Conference in the East. It's Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, hometown for the Pacers, and Damian Lillard. So it's the uh, first start for Halliburton representing, like I said, the hometown Indiana Pacers. On the the court. I didn't hear you say uh, Steph Curry's name. Not a starter. Not a starter. Only Boy. the starters were announced. That is surprising because the, the starters get voted by fans, right? Yeah, but is it like... Oh, it's, it's 50% fan vote, 25-cent yeah. players, and but then a, he, a writer's who, vote. Okay. I mean, I guess the only person that he would start over is SGA in terms of popularity, but it's yeah. it's it's LeBron, Jokic, Durant, and Luka, and then it's like, all right, like SGA. Yeah. SGA's been well, great, if it, if, I'm just saying if it were a full fan vote, yeah. Do you think there's any question in your mind that that Steph would be starting? It's without doubt he would be. No, but I think there's other guys too. I think it's like Steph. I think like Booker. You know, like the guys could have gotten votes, and they're all going to be in the game anyway. <laughs> like we're, all, we're gonna, you're right. We're all going to watch them. Like you said, the All Star game. It's like the Pro Bowl now. It's like it, it, you know who doesn't make the Pro Bowl. Um, all right, let's well, let's talk about what happened on the court last night. There was an upset as the Pacers beat the Sixers one thirty four one twenty two. Pascal Siakam scored twenty six points with thirteen boards and ten assists. They call that a triple double, AJ. They uh, do, and and listen, a lazy night for Embiid. What he put up thirty one, like, yeah, just thirty one, dude, just thirty one points. Uh, the Jazz with a one twenty three one oh eight win over the Wizards. Timberwolves took care of the Nets ninety six ninety four. The Celtics a blowout of the Heat one forty three one ten. Jason Tatum twenty six points. The Knicks, speaking of blowouts, demolish the Nuggets one twenty two eighty four. Jokic had 31 and 11 in the loss. OG Ananobi, 26 points and six steals in the win as the Knicks continue to win. And ever since acquiring OG, I mean, I gave the stats like last week. They're even better this week. But what this team has accomplished since since this trade, it has completely reshaped this team. And now you look at the Eastern Conference standings and the Knicks are the number four seed behind Philadelphia and ahead of Cleveland. And I, I got to be honest, it would not surprise me to see the Knicks pass uh, Philly at some point and be the third seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Okay. it's uh, it'd be, it, They've been incredible since that trade. So uh, it's it's hard to deny right now. I still think, I, I don't know, I think Philly's a more complete team, but maybe you're right, especially right, riding this uh, this wave of momentum that they're on. 
Yep. Uh, elsewhere, the Kings edge the Warriors 134-133. Uh, Barnes in the, in the win, 39 points. Curry in the loss, 33 points. And LeBron scored 25 points with 12 assists as the Lakers beat the Bulls 141-132. Here's your schedule for Friday night. The Mavericks are at the Hawks. Dallas, a short one-and-a-half-point favorite. Rockets at the Hornets. Houston laying five-and-a-half. Suns are at the Pacers. Phoenix, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Clippers visit the Raptors. L.A. laying seven-and-a-half. Magic are at the Grizzlies, Orlando, five and a half point favorites. Cavs at the Bucks, Milwaukee, five and a half point favorites. Now, I don't know if Doc Rivers makes his uh, coaching debut tonight, but get this. If he does coach the team tonight, it'll be the third time the Cavs have played the Bucks in the last 10 days, and each time they had a different coach. That's crazy. That's got to be a first. It's got to be. I think it is. That's unbelievable. <laughs> three games in 10 days, three different head coaches. <laughs> wow. All right, uh, and and just in case you were wondering, I think in February, the Bucks do go to Philly, so uh, that'll be Doc Rivers' first game coaching back in Philadelphia as the Bucks head coach. Uh, Thunder are at the Pelicans. New Orleans two and a half point favorites. This will be my uh, DraftKings dog of the day here, man. Okay, I, I like go the for Thunder. It. I like the Thunder in this matchup. Uh, it, this number surprised me. I thought maybe it meant somebody was out for for the Thunder today, but. Uh, I, I think this is just the uh, the straight line. So if it, I, I've looked around and I don't see anybody out. So if I'm catching points with the Thunder here against the Pelicans, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Thunder, who I just think are the better team. This I mean the, the records aren't way far off, uh, but I, I do think the Thunder are a, a much better squad. Okay, all right, there you go. And finally, they won four straight. By the way, four yeah. straight wins for and the Thunder. Blazers are at the Spurs. San Antonio, two and a half point favorite. Only one game in college hoops in the top 25 last night, and boy, was it a doozy as Jordan Pope of Oregon State hits a three at the buzzer to knock off number nine Arizona. Uh, Oregon State moves to two and six in Pac-12 play. Pope, 31 points, but none bigger than those last three. Huge win for Oregon State. Only one game in top 25 action today, Wisconsin a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, at home against Michigan State. I, I, I like the uh, I like the Badgers here, I think, a little bit. Now, Saturday is a full card. There's not much going on on Sunday because uh, there's some football games. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> yeah. But on, on Saturday, we got a pretty full slate. I'll run through some of the highlights here. And uh, it, it, you're, I know what you're interested in, Scott. You're interested in the system. Mm-hmm. And I think there's two good candidates. And, again, lines aren't up yet. But I'm willing to bet that number 23, Iowa State, is going to be a short favorite, probably minus two, minus three, uh, hosting number seven, Kansas. Would that tickle your fancy at all? Absolutely. And that's the stronger system than the unranked home favorites versus the ranked home favorites because this one we actually have uh two ranked teams with the lower ranked team being the favorite. That's a seven and two system. So I'm, I'm on this right now. And my best bet from the pod that I uh, did last night with Griffin Warner, and I didn't even consider that it was a system play, but I expect unranked Boise State to be about a two-point home favorite against uh, number 18, Utah State. And Boise State was my best bet on that podcast. So uh, my my favorite Saturday play, uh, which is a 1 p.m. local or 1 p.m. Vegas time start, so 4 o'clock out on the East Coast, uh, is Boise State, who I think will, like I said, be a, a, a one-possession favorite either way. All right, we love the system. What about backing number nine, Arizona, 
after the loss last night, they play Oregon on Saturday. Do they bounce back? Yeah, that, that's an interesting one, and I, I I don't feel very comfortable predicting the line on that game because Griffin and I were talking about this game on the pod. I projected it'd be about Arizona would be about minus five on the road. Uh, it, he Griffin was projecting it'd be close to a pick, or Oregon is a slight favorite. I so I'm not sure at this point. Um, Ken Palm has it at six as of this morning. That could certainly change. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I would expect now Arizona to be in bounce back mode, though Arizona's had a couple dud performances mm. on the road this season. So not a team that I'm super trustworthy in on the road. On the ice last night, the uh, Islanders were found themselves down 3 nothing in Montreal. Uh, Patrick Waugh making uh, his coaching debut in uh, a place where he was made famous. And they were down 3 nothing. They fought back, made it 3-3 late in the third period, but a bad turnover inside their own zone led to a Canadiens goal with a little over two minutes left. So Montreal with a 4-3 win over the Islanders. The Bruins in overtime beat the Senators 3-2. Red Wings blanked the Flyers 3-0. We were on this one on yesterday's show, talked about fading the Flyers after the uh, you know Carter Hart news. Uh, the Lightning doubled up the Coyotes 6-3. Hurricanes a 3-2 win over the Devils. In overtime, the Stars beat the Ducks. The Predators a 3-2 win over the Wild. Blue Jackets a 5-2 win over the Flames. And the Oilers, who closed north of minus 600 favorites, over the Blackhawks do win. They cover a minus two and a half puck line, AJ, as they win three nothing over Chicago. I played the under team total for Chicago. That's another one we talked about on uh, yesterday morning's show. So the Blackhawks get blanked three nothing and the Oilers with their 15th straight win. Now too shy of tying the NHL record. Um, they tied the 15 with the Islanders in 81-82 and the Penguins in 2012-13. And then the Blue Jackets in 2016-17 with 16 straight wins. And the all-time record is the Penguins in 92-93 that won 17 straight games. So two more wins for the Oilers, and they will tie that record. Their next two games are at home against the Predators uh, tomorrow. And then Tuesday here in Vegas, should they win tomorrow, Tuesday night here in Vegas, they will go for the record-tying number 17th win. So we'll keep monitoring that and see uh, if they just keep rewarding us for betting on them in every game during this streak, pretty much. <laughs> we love betting the Oilers. Uh, tonight, the Golden Knights are in New York to take on the Rangers at the Garden, and the Rangers are minus 155. The Panthers are at the Penguins, and Florida's a minus 125 favorite. Kings are at the Avalanche. Colorado's minus 140. It's like everything going wrong for the Kings right now. And the Blues are at the Kraken. Seattle, minus 145. Novak Djokovic had been basically unstoppable in Australia. Well, he has been stopped. The 10-time Aussie Open champion uh, was chasing his 25th major, but he fell in the semifinals to Yannick Sinner, the Italian, uh, who has now won three of the last four meetings with Djokovic, including the Davis Cup final in November uh, this was a, a huge upset as Sinner is the first man to beat Novak Djokovic in Australia since 2018. I mean, wow. this, you, you, <laughs> I mean, remember he didn't play in 2022 because of the mm -hmm. Vax, uh, thing. He didn't yep. get vaccinated. 
he's won he won in 19 20 21 i mean this is uh, 23 this is an unprecedented run uh that came to an end last night uh Djokovic was plus 105 to win the tournament coming into it which i mean sounds about right guy wins it every he hasn't lost there since 2018 even mm-hmm. money sounds pretty fair uh but a huge upset here for the italian is Wayne Brady going to have to Djokovic? Uh, <laughs> one of the best sports center lines ever. Uh, make sure you guys uh, are using the coupons at pregame.com to saving as much money as you can. We've got a great deal for you right now. You can save $20 off any purchase at pregame.com. That's getting a three-star best bet for only $5. If you use the, pro- the coupon code SAUSAGE20, SAUSAGE20 will save you $20, not 20%, $20 off of any purchase at pregame.com the promo code is sausage 20 so load up on a daily best bet or maybe you want to get a weekend all access whatever you'd like from your favorite pregame pro take 20 dollars off using that promo code sausage 20 for aj hoffman i'm scott sadler we are straight out of vegas am